This recording is from Fintech Nexus USA, formerly known as London Fintech USA, held at the Javits Center in New York City on May 25th to 26, 2022. It's from the track, Banking Crosses into its Digital Future, sponsored by Galileo Financial Technologies and is titled, Digital is Table Stakes. Now what? Speaking on this session are Seth McGuire, Chief Revenue Officer, Galileo Financial Technologies, David Killen, VP of Finance Current, with moderator Luis Valdich from City Ventures. And I'd like to introduce Luis Valdich from City Ventures, who is your moderator for the first panel. Good morning. Uh, good to be here. Uh, as, um, as it was mentioned, my name is Luis Valdich. I'm a managing director with uh, City Ventures, responsible for our investments in fintech. Uh, City Ventures, part of the bank, uh, City. Uh, invests uh, globally, although mainly in the in North America, uh, Europe, Israel, and dabbling in LATAM and uh, Asia Pacific. Um, and I'm pleased to talk a bit about uh, digital today. And uh, uh, I'm going to ask uh, you know David and Seth uh, to first introduce themselves and give us a bit of background of their organizations. I'm, I'm going to now sit down with them. Hey everyone, I'm Seth McGuire. So I'm the Chief Revenue Officer for Galileo. And Galileo is a payments platform that enables a wide range of different use cases in payments, banking, banking as a service, and other solutions. So we serve you know, a wide variety of clients here across the uh, North America, Latin America, South American use cases that include things like building neobanks and new modern digital banks. It includes uh, use cases like accounts payable, reinventing how you work with your suppliers or create payment programs for them as well as working with a number of banks to help modernize and digitize their, uh, their own offerings. So happy to be here today. Looking forward to the conversation. My name is David Killen. I'm the VP of Finance and Strategy at Current. Uh, Current is, uh, provides digital banking services for everyday, uh, for everyday Americans um, um, that help our customers achieve better financial outcomes. Um, when we launched our individual account um, three years ago, it was really about onboarding people into the banking system without the fees and the frictions um, that, that make some customers feel like second-class citizens at tr traditional banks. Um, and we solved short-term liquidity problems for them with, um, by clearing their paychecks, their stimulus checks a couple of days early, by providing them fee-free overdraft, by not holding on to their funds. Um, and as we have grown over the last few years, um, the questions that we're trying to answer for our customers have, have kind of evolved and become a lot more complicated. Um, and now we think about questions like how do we, um, for our customers that are looking to retain purchasing power in the face of very high inflation, um, how do we help them save? How do we help them get access to systems that could provide those returns? Um, and so we've rolled out a, a 4% um, APY um, savings product. Um, and we're also thinking, you know, we're answering other questions like how do you help somebody who doesn't have access or who can't get access to the, to, to good credit products? How do you help them on that journey? How do you help them, um, figure out ways to get credit? And so we have lots of exciting things that we're working on and products that'll be coming out over the next year. Now, Louise, before you start, I do want to say thank you for moderating and being here. As you can see, we had to twist his arm pretty bad to get him on stage, but we're very excited he is. So thanks thank for joining you. us today. No, thanks. Uh, quite a pleasure. And yeah, you do, you do pretty hard twisting, I must say, so don't uh, challenge him. <laughs> um, 
Well, clearly we are, you know, observing, I guess, the uh, combination of two, you know, massive uh, developments. On the one side, you know, digital adoption continuing its inexorable, uh, you know, pace and, and all the fundamental metrics you see about uh, its, uh, its adoption across the board um, amongst, you know, fintechs, uh, incumbents, corporates, and the entire ecosystem. And, and obviously, you know, consumers and businesses and, and the like. And yet, uh, we're also facing, I guess, a pretty uh, significant market uh, storm uh, that's, uh, you know, going across the board, but in particularly after, uh, you know, the, the tech and, uh, and, and fintech players. So with that uh, backdrop, we'd love to hear a little bit about your, your thoughts about some of the major, you know, trends within the digital space that uh, each of you observe. Sure. Yeah, so, you know, Galileo's positioning here is interesting because we do serve so many of these different providers across these use cases. And so we're helping them to build programs like a debit program or a secured credit, credit program that serve those end clients. And so looking at the waves and trends we're seeing here, there's a couple that spring out at me. You know, on the positive side, I think we're seeing a lot of activity right now around the the business-to-business -business sector. So a lot more SMBs and businesses looking for a similar banking experience than they're getting in their personal life, right? If we look across the last 10 years and say, wow, we've really modernized how a bank account works for a consumer, an SMB is, is sitting there saying, I'm still using perhaps my small regional bank and like I'm still going in to make deposits. I'm dropping off an envelope of cash. I have family who run a small business and they go in to drop an envelope of cash at the end of some days at the bank, right? Um, and they use checking, like very old traditional send checks, reconcile it in your, in your uh, checkbook and ledger. Like that, that experience, I think, is a place we're seeing a lot of shift and a lot more pushing for how do we modernize this? So on the positive side, there's a lot of opportunity in continuing to shift uh, to a digital mindset across a lot of banking. On the consumer side, what we're seeing, and we did some research on this, across the last year where we surveyed a number of uh, end customers, not only of our own clients, but broadly across the industry. And I see what's what's most interesting there is, um, as I think the title of the panel was originally, like digital is table stakes. That's quickly becoming the, the conversation piece, which is, hey, as a consumer, it's great that this is digital. It's great that this is easy and convenient. I don't have to go into a branch. It's very low fees. I can use this great app and have a great experience, but I also want more. Right? I want a better experience when it comes to how I interact with uh, my banking partner. I want more products. I want to know that this partner feels as highly about security or privacy as I do. And so we are seeing this shift in mindset towards, yes, you've accomplished digital, and I like that. That's why I'm here with X Bank. But I also want more out of this, and, and I need you to bring more to the table, which is an interesting place to start to think about how more traditional banks can again play here because they offer some of those components. They offer more products historically. They've offered different experiences. They have not offered that digital front piece. They have not offered the seamless experience. But there is an interesting gray space created here in the increasing demands of a consumer who's saying, I want both those things. Like, how do I get that? Yeah. Yeah. What, what we're seeing on the consumer side, um, um, I think it's, it's a lot of what, what you just said. We're seeing an increasingly aware and educated customer um, who originally came to digital banking for the convenience, the ease of use, possibly the lack of fees, um, has gotten very comfortable with that and now is looking for more specific value propositions and to solve specific 
um, specific problems. And I think that changes um, dynamic a little bit. The, the initial um, conversation in the digital banking was, well, if you get a customer, um, it's kind of how it, it's been. You get them, you'll have a 20-year, you know, um, um, a 20-year direct deposit customer with very little innovation required. Um, and I think that's changed a lot because folks and, and infrastructure and technology providers have made switching easier. They've made um, rolling out a product easier. Um, and so now there's a bit of a, of, of a um, what have you done for me lately kind of conversation. I think it's more a little bit more like the credit card relationship than traditional banking relationships. Um, and so I think on, in the digital world, it's incumbent on us now to really figure out what specific problems we're solving um, and move and innovate really rapidly to, to do that. I, I still think that the digital banking world um, is better positioned to do it because we're more nimble, because we are, um, you know, we can focus more of our resources on innovation. Um, that's uh, that, that, that's fair. Although it's going to be interesting, I guess, to see how the the you know market realities have an impact on that. In the sense that a lot of the ability to be very nimble and very innovative depended on on having very deep pools of capital and the ability to sustain pretty large losses um, on the back of. Uh, of that backing query, how things will will change, uh, particularly for players that aren't profitable in terms of of those trade-offs, right? Of uh, of how to well, yeah. I mean, I I would challenge that a little bit in so much as I, I come from a startup background, spent a lot of my career in startups, not necessarily fintechs, but startups, and I will pick a startup over an incumbent most days, right? Uh, with less capital or not, and I think. Historically, if you look at outsized returns from venture capital, it has been in periods like this where some of the capital draws out of the market, where you actually see a honing of a focus around innovation. Because products have to achieve, they have to deliver, they have to be of satisfaction to clients, versus periods of, let's say, higher liquidity and easier capital where a lot of high-flying experiments can be had, versus more concrete, tangible things. So on one hand, I would say, hey, in a period like this, I would look for you know, innovation from the places where they need it to win because they don't have capital necessarily or they don't have a base of of uh, hundreds of millions of uh, existing users. Um, so on one hand, I think that's definitely in, in the favor of that bank, which as David said, he would, he would bet on too. Um, but secondly, I also think we're going to see an interesting shift as that capital dries up. So do some of the pressures on the ecosystem that have been created from that capital, like the cost of customer acquisition, which we were talking about a little bit before the session, has been increasing across the past five years, right? The more capital that gets dumped into a specific area, the wider a funnel that any bank can create versus honing in on the specific areas you were talking about that says, well, how do I solve this customer problem? How do I make a better product for them? And how do I segment and target them specifically? And I think that's where you see really interesting businesses and products grow is when you get to that clarity. And I think times like this are great for that. Um, so I'm I'm bullish on that. Yeah, no, no, I'm 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 glad because I think we need uh, we need innovation. Uh, I think that uh, the acceleration of innovation has been driven by massive amounts of uh, you know venture investments that uh, you know will will see a change. So so I think it'll be interesting to to see. I totally agree your yeah. point about uh, you know some great uh, startups having really started in you know, the aftermath of the previous correction around, you know, 2000. 
2001 timeframe. Uh, so, so yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. So the next, uh, uh, question, the observation is if you look at, uh, net promoter scores, it's pretty well, you know, established that, uh, that fintechs, you know, digital, uh, you know, players, uh, tend to do significantly better than, than incumbents, you know, banks, insurance companies, and, and the like. What are your observations of, uh, of what drives that? Sure. Um, I do think it, it, um, it comes from a focus on specific customers. I think in my, in my, in my opinion, um, digital newcomers to the space, I think focus on very specific problems and they solve them. You know, we, we, we know who our customer is. We know what problems we're solving. And so we can do that very, very well. Whereas I think the incumbent banking system is, um, a lot more generic. And so, and, and, and I think it's, it's very, it's increasingly hard to service everybody, um, in, in sort of an adequate or, or in an excellent way. Um, and so I think if, um, with, with specialization, um, comes the, the potential for much higher NPS. I think there's also, yeah, I agreed with all of that, I would say, and I think there's also an interesting uh, paradigm. This is coming from the, you know, infrastructure layer <laughs> versus the consumer layer. Um, but I think if you look at historic, any historic um, ecosystem, and banking in this example, retrofitting that to a customer-first digital experience is hard versus starting from a customer-first digital experience. And one of the goals for Galileo and for Technicis, who is now part of the, the SoFi family with us, has been that focus on below the glass, if you will. So if above the glass is, is David and Neobank's experience with the customer, that is a digital first, customer first start. We seek to translate that into the historic layer that still exists of associations and banks, et cetera. But it's beginning with what is the customer experience, the customer digital experience that is best for them. I heard, I forget who said it in a previous panel, but it was some stat that something like at some banks, it's 120 clicks to start an account, right? You're like 120 clicks. Imagine any of the digital first banks we're talking about having 120 clicks for anything. I think you're through the whole app at that point, right? You've done everything there is to do because it's meant to be simpler and faster and easier. And that's because you start with that experience and you design from it. And so I do think that's a shift. If I think about customer satisfaction, for me, it's being able to do things faster, easier, and see the results of that. And I think in a lot of uh, the partners we work with who started there, that's a simpler paradigm because you're not going backwards to say, I've got to integrate with a bank core from the 1980s, right? Like if, if you have to deal with that interaction, you start in a different place. You just do because you're backing into it. So I think that that route itself is very differentiated. And then you start to add in levels of differentiation, like the identity of that bank and who they serve and how they care about their customer and how they bring that to you. And, and the cool stuff you guys do, like the influencer work with Mr. Beast, where I'm like, someone's just going to feel more connected to that, that bank experience if they care a lot about that. So it's, I, I think there's a couple different layers there. Yeah, I just I just had one thing, and and I think we we have much more of an opportunity um, to learn how to how to service our customers better. The the level of engagement with a digital only solution is so much greater um, than with a physical or, or or even or even and even mobile so much greater than desktop. I think when when desktop bank accounts kind of took became prevalent, it was something like thirty percent of account holders would check their account at least once a week. 
And with mobile, that stat is now, it's 70% of people check their bank account at least once a week. And with our customers, it's much greater than that. We have 70% of our customers checking their bank accounts once a day. Yeah. Um, and so that increased level of engagement gives us so many more opportunities to actually learn about what our customers want, to kind of interact with them, to give them something to learn from them, um, and then service them better. But it's and, interesting, and, it, it does seem like that it creates, in some ways, additional pressure whenever they do interact with a person, right? Because it's like, I've been in this app so much, I spend so much time in it, when I finally talk to someone, I want them to feel that level of engagement. So it does, it does emphasize the need for that improvement there and the continuation. No, no. In fact, I was going to ask, what, what are, you know, then the, the, the gaps in some of these more purely digital uh, experience type of uh, applications versus, you know, more comprehensive uh, providers like, you know, the incumbents may have? I mean, from our vantage point, I could say, um, you know, interesting enough, going back to the business banking paradigm, I think that's where you start to, there's a need to disrupt that dependence on individual uh, interaction. So as I mentioned before, you know, the family I have that's dropping that envelope of cash off at the bank, they also know that that's surely at the bank, right? And so like that interaction, however many times a week they have it, matters to them and they feel part of the community. So I think in, in some segments of uh, payment and banking disruption, there is a need to find the best experience to replace that human interaction that you're now getting more from an app. Uh, and that might be very targeted to places, certainly like local SMBs, of course, but I think that does matter in those places. Yeah, um, yeah I was thinking, uh, you know, what we were discussing earlier, right, customer service, if mm -hmm. something goes wrong, uh, if there's an incident of fraud, uh, you know, what, what are some of those, uh, you know, challenges sometimes, at least uh, when you... When you need to rely on purely email or, or chat, uh, that, that's, I guess, sometimes where there's some potential gaps. Yeah, but I guess it's a, it's a combination of there's the things going wrong and then there is how you're able to respond to them. And so if you can reduce the number of things going wrong through a better interface, through better technology, through working with partners um, who are much more innovative and forward-thinking than some of the traditional banking infrastructure, and like like you say, kind of the legacy software that banks are hindered with. Um, you can reduce so many of those those issues and problems um, that I think you can sort of off you can more than offset um, the fact that you have less of a service infrastructure, um, and then you can be more thoughtful about service. Right. I, I think the the fundamental real difference, I mean, I think just comes comes really down to um, um, a call center, because I don't think people really look at branches anymore as a place to get service. Agreed. And so I think that's a fairly, it's just up to every provider to decide what their servicing strategy mm -hmm. and, and, and approach is. Um, but I, I don't think it is, like, I don't think it is, like, endemic to have less service. Um, Agreed. No, no, I think that's very fair. And I think that Probably every incumbent ha that has not only branches but also you know call centers would rather use them less and use digital more because they're very expensive infrastructure to to maintain. I think we may be uh, out of time, but I don't know if there's any questions. I don't see any uh, here. So uh, if anyone from the audience uh, has a question, please raise your hands and and we'll uh, we'll, we'll call on you. Um, my my last question would be uh, and maybe starting with you, David. What what are you seeing in terms of you know consumer demand what what specific things do you think from a digital standpoint are are lacking uh in, in consumer finance that uh 
that represent important opportunities out there. And then also, uh, Seth, for you, what, what are you seeing from your clients? But uh, yeah. Uh, sure, sure. I think um, digital banking or digital first banking started as, I think, a, a, a small business model evolution around how do you monetize. And then it moved to like product innovation around um, some existing products, how do you deliver them better, like credit building, et cetera. And I think we're now at the next, that kind of third stage that where people want, um, which becomes so much more important in tougher economic times. People want to um, both earn, find ways to um, get, get yield on their money, find other ways to supplement their income, et cetera, um, and then also manage their money. I think those are the two things that probably, that, that hasn't been done really that well. Like many folks have solved, like, how do you make payments and depositing, et cetera, easier, but actual management, um, I think, is something that is still not, uh, hasn't really been done well. It's a huge opportunity. Yeah, I think to continue to riff off that, one of the areas of just voice and demand we're seeing from our clients is certainly on this uh, credit builder or secured credit piece of, hey, I want to continue my journey with um, my banking partner. So perhaps I have a debit account, perhaps I have a savings account, I have features like Roundup or Overdraft, but I, I really want to start to do things like build credit. I want to start to move towards that that paradigm. And from there, I want to start thinking about loans or, or full revolving credit for the unbanked and underbanked populations here, I think is important. Um, but I think um, secondly is the opportunity for most of our partners to start to expand how they serve clients with those multiple products. I think what our research was pretty clear on was that unlike our parents, most people today are comfortable having multiple bank accounts. You're comfortable having a bank account where you make your direct deposit and then you're comfortable having a few cards where you spend on. I have a current card, for example, that I used to spend on. I have a SoFi card I used to spend on. Like people have multiple of those cards that they might use. They no might have several card. wallets. No. <laughs> if you want to come be a client, then we can talk. Um, but so, you know, they're, they're comfortable using multiple different wallets, cards, partners to do these things. And that's an opportunity for anyone who's delivering well to them to continue continue to take that share of wall because it is flexible. It is no longer the bank that I started out with, uh, with my first paycheck or in college or, you know, when I got married is now my bank forever. And so that's an opportunity, but it does require delivering on that execution and that promise as well as building out the new product sets to, to bring them in. But that's a huge opportunity. That's a great opportunity, even in a time of, of potential market challenge. Indeed. Well, with that, uh, we'll, we'll leave it. Uh, but thanks uh, very much to all and thank you for your Thank you, Luis. Thank you.